Christ. According to John, we're talking about something that's very, very rich in theology. Something that's often uh, not entirely understood. And something with a lot of odd language that doesn't always really make a lot of sense to us. Um, Especially kind of looking back 2,000 years uh, from the site. And really the reason why is because we're not... We don't really have a lot of the Jewish customs in mind anymore. A lot of the ways that we kind of act in a lot of of our lives, kind of in in Judaism, and a lot of our understanding of the Torah has kind of faded away, kind of as we've embraced more the New Testament and as we've embraced more, you know, the Christianity. And this kind of life of Judaism was, for me at least, really kind of hit me really hard, especially over this past week, as I mentioned, with the rabbi being here. With the rabbi here, what he did was he, he celebrated, he's done this these past two nights, these Seder meals. And what a Seder meal is, is essentially where the Jews come together and they remember and they recall the fact that the Lord freed them from Egypt. The Lord freed them from slavery and made them ultimately a free people allowed to live in the land of Israel the promised land, the land that the Lord has given to them. Essentially, where they come together and recognize and remember how the Lord saved them. And part of that Seder meal and part of that that process ultimately is, it it kind of, there's a lot of different rituals to it. There's a lot of prayers, there's a lot of litanies where where, where they they kind of list things and respond. But there's also a lot of, there's also eating and there's drinking involved. And knowing that, that that Seder meal kind of used to happen, not just back then, not just now, but it also used to happen back then, uh, kind of brings light to this passage, this whole passage. If we look at this passage, we see that Jesus had the Last Supper not actually on Passover Day. As we mentioned yesterday, Passover Day was actually the following day, especially according to John's Gospel. It kind of creates a bit of a conundrum because other Gospels make it sound like it was, it did happen on that day. Uh, so then the question is, then what is, what is Jesus doing exactly? Well, the, the argument that a lot of biblical scholars say is that Jesus actually was having a Seder meal. A Seder meal where he was coming together and he was using words like, do this in remembrance of me. To ultimately recall, hey, like this Seder meal where we recall the freedom that, that's, that of, of, of God leading the Jews out of Egypt. We're transforming that right now. We're transforming that from just a, a remembrance of a past event to celebrating a present event. That is the redemption at hand that Jesus has given us. He's transforming that Seder meal where we come back and we, we kind of eat lamb and we come together and we, and we, and we ultimately remember something that, that, that happened to celebrating something that happens. And part of that, that Seder meal kind of is, is, is a, involves drinking. Drinking actually four cups of wine. All right, that's, that's a big deal for the Seder meal. Four cups of wine. One for each of kind of the promises that Jesus, that, that God promises Israel. I'll, I'll confess to you, I don't remember the four off the top of my head, but it's essentially freedom from Egypt and ultimately a freedom to live as a nation, the freedom of Israel. And it's ultimately kind of this, this liberation. And Exodus, Exodus uh, chapter 6, verses 7 through 8 actually points out kind of how what the word that, that, that the Old Testament uses is the word saved. That ultimately, they're celebrating, they're celebrating the salvation of Israel. Interesting word, right? Because what did Jesus come to do for us? To save us. But here's the interesting part of this passage. 
If we look at the Last Supper, really the full thing with all the prayers and all the and everything that involves the Last Supper, which we really, which we, which we didn't really sell, read fully yesterday, but if we look at that, we notice that there's that the, the, that Jesus and his disciples consume three cups of wine. Three cups of wine, which is interesting. It's interesting because ultimately, like there is, that means that there is no other. That they didn't finish the meal. That means that it's something they're left in suspense. But then what happens? They consume three cups of wine, and then Jesus goes into the, this, this random garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. What, is this, what does this garden represent? This garden represents Eden. But instead of a garden of pleasures, it's a garden of agony, where Jesus is reworking what Adam undid. And then Jesus said something. Jesus said something really intriguing. He said, he said ultimately, and I'm for it, where does it say? He says, who, ultimately he says, can you drink of the cup that the Father will give me? No, so I shall put the sword of you into a scabbard. I shall not drink the cup that the Father gave me. The cup that the Father gave me. Interesting, right? So we have three cups missing from the Seder, ultimately consuming the Seder meal, one missing, and Jesus is referencing a cup right here. Jesus is referencing a cup right here. And we continue through the passage. Ultimately, Jesus Jesus, what happens? He's betrayed. He's put on a cross. And then something ultimately happens that's very, very strange. Something that doesn't fully make sense. It says this, after this, after all this was aware that everything was now finished, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. And what happened? There was a vessel filled with common wine. They put a sponge soaked in wine on a sprig of hyssop. They put it up to his mouth, and then Jesus said something after consuming the wine. It is finished. My friends, the title, the, 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 the translation, it is finished, is actually not entirely, probably not, I would argue, not the best translation. The Latin actually means, the Latin actually says, consumatum est. Consumatum est. Translated, it is consummated. It is consummated. In other words, the union between God and man is complete. That's what it means to fully consummate somebody. Which ultimately what Jesus is showing us and Jesus is revealing to us that this whole process, starting from the Last Supper all the way up to why we call this Good Friday, is a time of Jesus redeeming man, ultimately consummating mankind to himself by fulfilling the law, by fulfilling those Jewish rituals. But here's the beautiful part about it all. While Jesus decides to leave us, while Jesus leaves us in body, he does something extra kind to us. He doesn't just redeem us, he leaves us with someone else. He looks at his, he looks at his disciple John, and he, and he looks at his mother, and he says, Woman, behold your son. And he looks at John and all of us, and he says, Behold your mother. My friends, this is the beauty of Good Friday. Good Friday, we come together to celebrate consumatumest, the fact that Jesus died for you and for me, the fact that he saved us from slavery, slavery from Egypt, slavery from oppression, slavery from sin, and the fact that Jesus, out of his loving kindness, gave us an eternal, everlasting mother.